Let me see you put them up. Reach the sky, touch the stars up above. Cause it's one time for the underdog. One time for the underdog. I'm Patrick B.W., host of Value Team, and today we'll be talking about how you can build leaders within your organization. How to build leaders. This is an art that everybody in business or in sports, in church, in anything, if you look at anything that's growing, it has to do with leadership. But a lot of times when you think about people who decide to subscribe to leadership, because um, a long time ago, uh, I decided to subscribe my entire life to leadership, my entire life. Everything had to be about leadership. And initially, when you subscribe to wanting to become a leader, you think you have to be this perfect figure. Let me explain. Um, what is it to build leaders? So many people who decide to build leaders end up giving up on the process of building leaders and you hear a lot of people saying, I don't like babysitting. Or you'll hear the common phrase of somebody saying, I just couldn't find anybody that really wanted to build. People are lazy nowadays. People are not hard workers nowadays. The millennial generation, they're very lazy. And the Gen X, they don't like to work. You know, us boomers, we used to like to work. And seniors, we used to work. And now this generation just cannot, you know, they don't like to work. And they don't listen and they don't do this. Great. And then they go away from wanting to build leaders. This could be anybody. Even millennials say it's about millennials. But um, what I learned, probably the best thing I learned about leadership was from my father and how he raised me and how he developed me as a leader. It was very difficult being his son uh, in a way where I don't think he ever laid his hands on me one time. Not from that sense where it was difficult being his son or... Uh, abusive with his words. That wasn't the case. But what I mean was, it was very difficult being his son was, um, you, you, you couldn't ever make excuses. You couldn't ever be soft. I'll give you a story here on what happened this past week. So this past week, um, I'm driving out to speak in Jacksonville. And one of our biggest, because I'm on a 35 state, 30 days, I'm living in an RV, six of us, 16 cities speaking to 10,000 miles. And on one of the stops, we had to go from uh, uh, Houston to New Orleans and then from New Orleans to Jacksonville. If you know that distance of a drive, it's a long drive. When we got to New Orleans, um, somebody accidentally hit the mirror on the side of the RV. We need a mirror. Because if you drive in an RV, you don't see your left side, you can hit somebody. So as we're driving, this guy ends up coming back and we get his insurance. Is he willing to pay for everything? As we're driving, then another 18-wheeler hits the mirror. So now the mirror is completely gone. And we go to a local place. It takes us three, four, five hours to fix it. But this is back in a sub. We're not going to get any rest to go to Jacksonville. Sometimes in life, things like this happens. So what do we do? Well, we go ahead and get in the RV and we get it fixed. And it's late. And we have nine hours to get to Jacksonville to speak. And in the middle of the night, our driver's falling asleep. He's not feeling good. His stomach is not feeling good. And, and so we had to switch drivers and other people decided to drive. And I'm driving. Everybody's driving, right? Nobody's getting any sleep. I got one hour of sleep that night. And the moment we're getting, we get to a gym because we're showering at gyms. You know, when we're just speaking, we got to go to a gym, change, and boom, go to the place. So we go to a gym. 
And when you're in an RV with six other people, you got to have some basic rules. One of them is no bathroom. There is no one does any one or number two. I mean, let alone number two, but nothing in our in our uh, uh, RV. We're not even showering the RV. We found gyms and we go and shower at the gyms. So this gym we go to is closed. They went out of business. Okay, my buddy didn't yelp it. Okay, it's going out of business. So now we're upset. We haven't eaten anything, nothing. Nothing we've eaten. Long story short, we go to find another gym. We work out. We get in the RV. We barely pull up to Jacksonville by 930. Okay? I haven't eaten anything, and I haven't slept for a day and a half. One hour of sleep. I get up and speak. Next thing you know, I'm just feeling dizzy. And my dizziness is just out of control, and I'm, my energy is low. I'm trying to drink some electrolytes with Gatorade and all this stuff, and, and nothing's happening. So within the break, I do the meeting and I go downstairs to one of the guys that's with us. I said, look, I'm not feeling good. And uh, he says, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I think I'm going to fight it through this and I'm going to go. I go back up and I try it again. Nope, not happening. I'm almost about to pass out. So I said, I'm having pains and all this stuff. Let's go uh, to urgent care. So we go to urgent care right off the bat, Saturday afternoon. We go to urgent care. Uh, uh, and when we go to urgent care, um, the doctor comes out. I'm... Uh, I'm laying out and they're, they're giving me all this, um, they're taking my blood and they're doing all this stuff, they're concerned, you may have chest or heart and all this other stuff and they did an EKG, they took a bunch of blood, they did a CAT scan, first they tested to see if I have heart conditions and then they tested to see maybe I have a blood cloth and all this stuff they did, right, I mean, two IV bags, they put as if my body sucked the whole IV within 10 seconds, the IV is empty, the guy's looking at it saying, what happened here? Anyways, long story short, they come back, they said, look, nothing happened with you, it's just pure exhaustion. I said, okay, that's fine, so we got the IV, we went back in the RV, and we drove down to Miami, it's another six, seven hour drive from Jacksonville. And we came down to Miami, we went and had dinner and ate and all this stuff. And then we went out and had a good time that night and uh, with some of the folks who are here with us. And a lot of people will hear this and, and will say, wow, you know, heat exhaustion, you're really pushing yourself, you should take a break, you should really do this. And this is, this is not healthy, this is not good. Well, let me tell you about my father, what happened to him this week, okay? My dad, it's Father's Day, I have missed... I haven't missed many fathers when I'm around him. If you, my father to me is my, my, my best friend in the world. If anybody asks me who's your best friend, I would say my dad's my best friend in the world. I get a call from my sister, and my, not my, my wife, and they're not telling me anything that's going on. So come to find out my dad, he's had a lot of heart attacks, but my dad's intestines have been popping up for the last seven years, where he has to put it back in, and he has to push it back in, and if you're around him, you see it. He always puts it back in with his two hands and he puts a belt over it and boom, it pops up again. He's got to push it back in. Very painful, but the doctor said you can't do surgery because if you do, you have heart conditions, you take blood thinners, your blood's very thin. If we don't do it right and quickly, you may pass away. You got a 50% chance. Well, this last week it pops out and it's not coming in and he's not feeling good. 74, he goes to the hospital on his own. <laughs> Doesn't call anybody goes to the hospital on his own. The doctors right there in the emergency room, they said, this is, we can't even do anything about it. There's no chance of saying, do you want to do this or not? They cut him open within 10 minutes. They cut him open, okay? They do the whole surgery on him, 50% chance, not telling anybody, not nobody. I don't get any calls because I'm one of the speaking tours. My wife and my sister don't want to tell me. He definitely doesn't like to tell people his health issues. And then I get a call when he knows he's alive. He calls me the next day saying, you know, my wife calls me and she's, the way she tells me is, hey, hey, don't get upset, don't get mad, don't this, you know. 
So now I filled my mic down. And um, boom, this is what happened. And I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, no, I called my dad. This happened last week. And my heat exhaustion happens yesterday or two days ago. And you sit there and you say, man, you think something happens to you and it's hard. A 74-year-old man is pushing the envelope to the highest level. This man works 70, 80 hours a week. You will never see him sitting down or complain about anything. But I will tell you how my dad built me as a leader. My dad always talked about the difficult things in life. He didn't talk about, hey, you're going to be great. People are going to recognize you. It's going to be amazing. I think sometimes developing leaders, we do more to dream. And we ought to do the dream. The dream's got to be talked about regularly. But I don't think we spend more time talking about if we don't do certain things, what life will look like. If you don't do this, life will be very difficult. If you don't do this, your marriage may not work. If you don't do this, if you don't do this, you're going to fail in business. If you don't do this, we constantly talk about if you do this, you're going to have this life. If you do this, if you do this. So one of the parts about leadership that I subscribe to eventually is anybody I built is I started talking about all the difficulties of life, everything to anticipate that could happen next. Um, anything, financial difficulties, someone's going to pass away in your family, it's going to be difficult. A relationship's not going to work out. Uh, a bankruptcy. Somebody's not going to pay their rent, their lease, or whatever it may be. Spending more time talking about that than spending time talking about all the great things. Because, I mean, listen, I'm in Miami right now. Bunch of nice buildings. This place is filled with Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, Phantoms, um, Clarence, everywhere. Uh, there's beautiful homes. There's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollar homes here. There are millions of dollar homes all over the world. Cars are everywhere. They don't only make five McLarens or five Ferraris. They make a ton of them because people believe they can buy that. But the people that you see making it to the next level, they spend more time thinking about, if I don't do this, this thing could happen in my life also. That is what gets them fired up to get up and go do it, where the other person says, it's okay. He doesn't spend time thinking about that. And a person who's building leaders, they're constantly talking about all the positive things, not about the stuff that's possible. And the next thing you know, you're not developing a leader. And it's a weak leader. And so something that happens difficult to them, they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to manage it on their own. They constantly need to come to you for solving every single one of their problems. And you realize, I did not build a leader. If your phone you know, rings off the hook with 100, 200 times a day with people wanting you to solve everybody's problems, you have not built leaders. Okay? If... You speak to people that are going through problems and you try to solve everybody's problems on your own. You're still relying everybody to call you to solve everyone's problems. You still haven't built a leader. But if you teach them how to process and the possibilities and the options and feed it back to them and they're going through it in their own mind and they start trusting their own intuition, their own judgment, their own way of doing things, now you're possibly building a leader, possibly building a leader because they could still make the big mistakes in business and fail miserably and be out of business. And so leadership isn't just about talking about all the great things. It's talking about all the tough things and preparing people to anticipate what's next. Meaning, and there's, there's got to be timing in it and some uh, common sense in it where it's not, I'm not going to sit there with my three-year-old son, Tico, and tell him, hey, one day, you know, you and your wife are going to have to pay the bills together. No, but I'm going to tell them about, hey, kid, you're going to go to school. A big boy's going to bully you. I just hope you realize this is going to happen. Not all kids are going to like you. 
Uh, there's going to be days where you may get into a fight. A kid may push you around. Somebody may say something you may not like. That's okay. This is part of life. It's normal. I'm going to teach him those things. You know, when he turns 10 years old, 12 years old, 14 years old, hey, girl's going to break your heart. You may gr- break a girl's heart. Breaking heart is part of life. It's normal. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But you will forever remember it. It's okay when a person gets a job. Hey, you may get, if you do this, you may get fired. If you do that, you may, if you don't hit your quota, you may have be replaced by somebody else. Don't, so it's always timing on where they're at to talk about the issue that's next for them and challenging them to not make any excuses and say, oh my God, I'm going through such tough times and all. The more you take that away, the more you talk about the possibilities of challenges and saying, you still ought to push the limits because exhaustion, you know how many times this has happened in my life? This isn't the first time I was hospitalized for exhaustion. I just don't need to advertise it. And yes, sometimes you question yourself as a leader, say, oh my, maybe I'm pushing too, or maybe that's the weak, that's the, that's the, our insecurities, our, our average identity, our low self-image that we've had most of our life saying, you're going too hard, you're pushing too hard. And then you hear all the great ones that have always pushed past that. And your body is a, is created as a mechanism that's going to tell you, hey, you are dehydrated, drink some water. <laughs> you need to go get a couple IVs. You need to go to a physical. You need to constantly check it. You need to exercise. You need to stop eating that meat. You need to stop eating the sugar. You're eating too much. And you're going to be taught that. And then from there, your body's going to tell you, stop doing that. And you adjust towards that. But building leaders, there's a reason why most people quit building leaders because it's, not everybody's job, not only it's not because it's not everybody's job, not everybody teaches people on how to be a leader because they keep telling them all the good stuff and they spend 10% of their time talking about the difficult bad stuff and they spend 90% of time talking about the good stuff. And that pendulum needs to start off with a lot of the good first and maybe less bad. And then eventually, the bigger they get, the more of a successful entrepreneur you get. It's got to be more Hey, you could make one big mistake and ruin your entire empire. <laughs> you can become too arrogant and sabotage your own mind, lose everything you got, okay? You can become cocky, get unaligned, and next thing you know, you lose people. You can start thinking it's all you, nobody ever helped you out, and then nobody wants to ever help you out again. That's the stuff that you got to talk about more, and they'll generally, if you're building a strong leader yourself, that relationship with the leader and the potential leader, there needs to be a lot of constant friction backed up by love. But there needs to be constant friction. If there's no friction, you're not building a leader. There's got to be somewhat of a level of friction as you're building the leader. Anyways, I can go talking about this for hours. That's my thoughts on how to build leaders. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.